Welcome back, everyone. Started off a little heavy, a uh, little metal grind music here to get this going. This is about the grind work of leadership. You're here with an open mind because that's the rule, not the exception. This is a follow-on episode to my last one about what I was grateful about leadership. I'm going to dive in today about the grind of leadership. Not that what not it's not so much what makes leadership un, unenjoyable. And let's be honest, we're all humans. There's times where being a leader is can be tough, frustrating, even piss you off a little bit. So we're going to talk about 10 things that I came up with about why leadership is a grind. Again, follow up from last one. I hope you enjoy this episode. And as, as we're working through this list, what makes leadership a grind for you? What drains your energy day in, day out in a leadership role? Think about that as we go through this. All right, here we go. Are you ready to permanently fuse leadership and philosophy? Then a word of caution, you are about to enter the fully abstract yet wholly concrete realm of leadosophy. Our ideas are not always so clear and distinct. To validate this proposition, we welcome the host of leadosophy, Tim Wood. All right, everyone, welcome back to Leadosophy. I often say leadership is a grind. I say it probably almost every episode, maybe not every episode, but once every three or four episodes on average, if you're going to average it out. But I want to add some context behind why I always say that. And again, this is my personal experiences. This episode and the last one about gratitude, these are based on my personal experiences and leadership roles. And again, as I move through my 10 things of, of why leadership is a grind work, your list may be different. So there may be some overlap on my list and your, and your list. But again, this is the law of unique experiences. And again, things that were a grind for me in leadership may not be a grind for someone else because again, we, all, we are all in our leadership role and we all have individual unique character traits and skill sets. And that makes us handle challenges, problems, whatever, better or worse than others more effectively or less effectively than others. We all have our strengths. We all have our gaps. And these are fluid and they're constantly changing. So think about that as I, as I move through my list. And if there's something on my list that resonates with you, maybe after the show, try to reflect why. Maybe try to get to, to more of the root of, of why that is. And maybe it might even expose maybe some of your, your weaknesses or your gaps. Or maybe it'll highlight some of your strengths. And you can, you know, work to build on your strengths and, and improve some of the gaps that you may have as a leader, because we all have them. We all have gaps. You ca I call them gaps. You may call them weaknesses. And again, we can always work to better or fill in those gaps. And on, on the converse side, our strengths, we can always try to improve on our strengths, make them better. And maybe they'll overshadow our weaknesses a little more or the gaps. So number one on my list of why leadership is grind work is personality conflicts. How many of you in a leadership role have to deal daily or at least weekly? I can't imagine any less than weekly. You have to deal with personality conflicts in the workplace. I cannot say with certainty how much of leadership is dealing with the complexity of human relationships, different personalities. But if I was a betting person, which I'm really not, I would say a large percentage of leadership is dealing with the different personalities within a team, 
within a unit, within a group, within an organization. I would encourage you to let me know if you agree or you do not agree, but I think leading is, is a large part about dealing with the different relationships in the workplace. And again, Sally doesn't get along with John because this, that, and the other. How often are you dealing with, with things like that? How much does that rise to your level as a leader that you have to maybe try to get those two players together and work through whatever difficulties they may be having? That's why I'm a big fan of psychology. Again, I've said this before. If I didn't go into philosophy, I would have probably went into psychology. I love understanding human, beha- human behavior, how the mind works. But I also am a big fan of organizational or industrial psychology. What is organizational industrial psychology? I brought up the definition because I think it's important. The American Psychological Association defines IO or industrial organizational psychology as the specialty of industrial organizational psychology characterized by the scientific study of human behavior in organizations and the workplace. The specialty focuses on deriving principles of individual, group, and organizational behavior and applying this knowledge to the solution of problems at work. And again, I only bring up that definition because organizational industrial psychology, it's a growing field, I would say, in the social sciences and how that theory applies to the organization, to the workplace, trying to, trying to understand all the different human behaviors and motivations in the workplace, all the different problems that can arise from personality conflicts, whatever, and then trying to temper those problems and, and solve those problems that, that arise, which is not easy, especially when you're trying to achieve organizational goals, objectives, trying to achieve the vision, the mission of the organization. All these people are coming along for the ride and all these personalities are intersecting, deflecting off. There's friction points that are constantly coming up that you have to work through as a leader and it is grind work. Number one on my list is the top one by far. It was just daily is something what you'd have to try to work through. And again, maybe not daily, but at least weekly that would, that would come up. All right. Number two on my grind work list, unpopular decisions. You are the unpopular person because you had to make decision X or make decision Y. And a lot of the times I talk a lot about the law of unique experiences this often often comes down to the law of incomplete information. You're making decisions at your leadership level that a lot of people around you, maybe within the follow, follower sphere of influence, they don't have all the information. So they're filling in that information gap with whatever they have in their head or whatever they're talking with to with their, with their peers. So they may not have all the information as to why you made a certain decision. They may not like it. They may complain about it. It may start to develop this groundswell of unpopularity. And that's just a part of it, man. Like, I think that's always, I was always a big fan of trying to explain the why, especially behind really important decisions that I knew would affect a large amount of people. Try to give them as much information as I could give them. Basically try to give them the same amount of information that I had and and give them the why I made the decision based on the information I had. And you never know, sometimes if, if you are on the more democratic side of, of leadership, you ha- if you have the opportunity to garner more feedback from, from those who are potentially impacted by decision, 
they may be able to provide you some information or fill in some of your information gaps to help you make a better decision to make it less unpopular, if that makes any sense. So yeah, unpopular decisions, number two on my grind work list. Number three, energy draining for introverts. Again, this doesn't apply. Well, I don't know if this this applies necessarily for extroverts. I would love to hear an extrovert's perspective on why leadership is a grind for an extrovert. If extroverts are drawing their energy from people and human interactions, it would seem that the leadership roles, being in a leadership role, would not drain energy so much. Maybe there are other aspects of being a leader, but not so much just dealing with the human relationship side. But from an introvert side, it is energy draining. It can take its toll over a course of a day. So that's number three on my grind work list. Number four, you have to be prepared to be judged. Bottom line, your followers are going to judge you. Your boss is going to judge you. Your boss's boss is going to judge you. You're constantly in this sandwich of judgment uh, below and above from the sides, probably maybe within the peer peer network. And that's just a part of it. And it, that too can be a major energy drain over time. Number five on my list is balancing the needs of your followers, your bosses, and the organization at large. And I will say this, the needs of your followers and the needs of your bosses, I don't think they will align very often. At least that's my experience. I'd say more often than not, those needs do not align. There's always going to be some cross-contamination at some point, but I think day in and day out, you're constantly trying to balance between what are the needs of the followers? What do my bosses need? What does the organization need me to achieve? And how can I bring my followers along for the ride and also fulfill their needs as well? Which I talked about on the last show was kind of a puzzle that was kind of fun to try to work through sometimes, especially when you can collectively achieve something together, putting some of the individual needs aside. But again, that is a grind work and something I was, I was grateful for on the last show. Number six on my grind work list is bandwidth. As leaders, we only have so much bandwidth. We can only handle so many problems. We can only handle so many team projects. But honestly, leaders are often expected to, to handle more than they can. That's the more realistic side of it. They're expected to have more bandwidth than they actually can. And I think this makes the art and skill, I would call them art and skills, of prioritization and delegation so important. But it's so challenging to balance prioritizing projects, prioritizing needs, and also delegating when you can. I think first-time leaders, I think when you're new into a leadership role, that might be the most difficult time to, to master the art of delegation because you're, you just want to, to touch everything and I'll, I'll, I don't want, maybe not want to use the term micromanage, but it might be the best term to use for this. But you don't want things to fail and you think you have to put your fingerprints on everything. You have to vet every decision. You have to uh, give your concurrence for, for people's pursuits that they want to do, ideas, projects, or whatever. You have to put your stamp of approval on all of that. And maybe we think we have to do that more than we actually do. So yeah, bandwidth, we only have so much bandwidth, we're going to have to delegate, we're going to have to prioritize. 
I don't know if we can ever master those skills because the world of leadership is so dynamic. It's constantly changing. Organizations are so dynamic, constantly changing, constantly shifting missions, values, maybe not shifting missions and values, but definitely moving to different objectives, I think is probably a better, better idea to use. Number seven on my grind work list. Again, leaders can only focus on one area at a time. This is a little like bandwidth, but this is more about where you can focus your energy. So if a certain area needs more attention, say the toxic relationship between Sally and Rick, when you're putting your energy in that, that area, that toxic relationship, other areas of, of your leadership influence will get less attention. And there's going to be times, maybe you can think of a current situation going through right now, where you're going to be dealing with a problem that consumes an obnoxious amount of time. And again, this is energy draining to even the most patient person on the planet. So again, this is kind of like bandwidth, but this is also about how much time is taken from you and how much energy you can focus. You can only focus your energy in one direction at a time. I think about like a hydraulic cylinder, you know, on a, on a boat that makes the rudders go back and forth. When I turn my rudder one way, all the hydraulic fluid goes to one direction. Well, if I want the fluid to go, the energy to go back the other way, I have to focus or turn my wheel back the other way. And it's really hard to do this in the realm of leadership sometimes when you have to have your wheel turned to, to one direction for a long period of time to try to solve a problem, try to work through a problem. Again, less energy in other areas. It's difficult. It's difficult. And at times it can affect how your bosses see you as a leader. If you are putting so much energy into one direction because you feel you need to to try to work through this problem, at some point, if you are struggling to work through the problem, are you going to think that your bosses are going to perceive you that you can't handle the problem? Are they going to try to find someone who can handle the problem? Those are things we think about. Those are the, you know, the self-reflective moments we have. Like, maybe we're not the best person to do this. Why can't I solve this problem between Rick and Sally? Is it me? No, probably not. Probably just a toxic relationship that will probably fester and continue to fester as long as they're working on the same team or within the same division, whatever it is. So I kind of went on and on, droned on and on about point number seven, but it's important. It's important to me. Point number eight on the grind work list. You must still focus on being a good follower. Everyone has a boss. Even the CEO of a company reports to a board of directors. You still have to focus on loyalty, trying to achieve the needs of, of your bosses. You have, to, you have to think about, you know, how are they viewing me? What's my boss? Does my boss think that I am competent or does my boss think I'm incompetent? What kind of conversations am I having with my boss? Are we getting any, anywhere? Do I understand that what my boss's strengths and weaknesses are? Have I asked my boss? Those are, I've talked about a followership episode before about trying to understand, you know, what your boss is about, what is his or her desires and needs, what are their strengths and weaknesses. I think that's part of being a good follower. I think it's your boss's job to let you know what their strengths and needs, what their strengths and, and weaknesses are. I think as a leader, you should do that to people who work for you. If you do something well, focus on that, teach that to others if you're not good in a certain area, if you're lacking in a, in a competent area or technical competence area, 
make sure people who work for you know that. Seek out that knowledge. And again, you can probe that as a follower as well. But yeah, being on it, being a good follower is still part of your repertoire as a leader. That makes it a grind. Point number nine on the grind work list. You must still manage processes. You must still manage payroll, schedules, goals, principles. And you have to lead people through all of this. Through the processes. Through the time off schedules. Through the organization's goals and priorities. Your boss's goals and priorities. Through the different projects that are going on. And as you lead people through these processes, these goals and priorities, whatever it might be, these projects... You're going to have friction that builds up constantly that you have to try to minimize the friction points. And if anyone tells you this is easy, they're lying to you flat out. It's a grind work. It's grind work. Bottom line. And point number 10, my final point on the grind work list of leadership is work-life balance. How many out there can say they have a good work-life balance? Leadership responsibility often comes with increasing pressures to focus more energy at work. And again, this may be something that we build up in our head. Maybe our bosses don't actually expect us to do that. But I think as we step into leadership roles or move up the leadership ladder, we may feel this pressure to put more energy into into the workplace. And again, how many of you felt this? And again, if we focus our energies in one direction, that's less energy we can focus on another direction. So something to keep in mind. I would be curious of these 10 points on your on my grind list if anything overlaps. What would you add to this list? And again, does the leadership grind list, the grind work list, does that help and deepen our understanding of leadership, what leadership is, the challenges that come with being a leader? Does that deepen our knowledge? I think it does as we talk through this. What did I miss? Again, what would you add to this list? I hope you enjoyed this show. This was kind of putting a bow on my last episode about gratitude. So we have gratitude on one side. We have the grind work of leadership on another. I think we can merge these two concepts together and get kind of a round concept of, of leadership, the things that make it great, the things that make it really tough. And then all these things in between, they're just the day-to-day of leadership that we probably don't even think about, just subconsciously, operating in the background of our minds. Leadosophy is about using the tools of philosophical thought to deepen our understanding of leadership. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, what's on your grind work list? Let me know. We'll see you next time. Thanks for watching and listening to another episode of Leadosophy. If you liked what you heard today, hit that subscribe button and check out leadosophy.com and learn more about Tim's ideas on philosophy and leadership. We'll see you next time.